Vision. Here we have exclusive up close and personal conversations with legendary musicians. Our program is devoted to examining what makes people great. Needless to say, everyone has a unique story, a clear vision, and we're here to bring it to you. Welcome to Clear Vision Podcast. I'm Doug Bowder, and I've worked in the music industry most of my life as an educator, publisher, author, musician, and entrepreneur. I've had the honor of talking with some of the legendary names in the music business, and what I found out is that indeed everyone does have a unique life story, a clear vision on their journey to success. And who better to tell you about these stories than the musicians themselves, their aspirations, dreams, and the decisions they've made that shaped their lives in music. With a powerful sound and a unique tone, Jean-Luc Ponty sets himself apart. With bebop phrasing and a punchy style, he was influenced more by horn players than anything previously tried on the violin. He has worked with a myriad of legendary musicians, including Stanley Clark, Regina Carter, Al Demiola, and the late Frank Zappa, to name but a few. In this interview I did with Jean-Luc Ponty, this was back in the mid-90s, where I caught up with him on tour in Florida. Jean-Luc, thank you for being here. Let's talk about your beginnings. Why did you choose the violin, and when did you begin? Well, um, I was born in a family of musicians. My father was a violin teacher, my mother a piano teacher. So they both uh, taught me their uh, respective instruments when I was uh, five years old, actually. And uh, at age 11, they asked me to choose one of the two to really become uh, good at one as opposed to um, average and on two. And uh, I chose violin. I can't really remember exactly the reason why. It's a long time ago. Um, maybe I should talk to a psychiatric one day about it because my father was a violinist. So is that the reason? I don't know. Uh, I think maybe I found, I found the violin to be the most expressive instrument of the two. So um, difficult as well, and I didn't expect how difficult it would be to really uh, be locked in a room for five hours a day at age uh, 12, 13, and practice, uh, and even physically, it's very demanding. It's kind of a natural position to have your elbow completely uh, twisted this way. And somehow you have to, to grow up with the instrument. It's very difficult to pick up the violin. I would say once you're grown up, it's a bit like uh, ballet dancing. Your muscles have to playing the instruments while you grow up. So anyway, um, violin became my main instrument and uh, I went all the way to study at the Paris Conservatory, uh, which was the best school for professional musicians France at the time and uh, graduated but my vocation really was to be to become a classical conductor uh, because I didn't I didn't really have a passion just for violin I love music in general and uh, conducting was really what I was looking for to and composing but uh, while I was studying classical violin, violin in Paris um, I discovered jazz that was the, the early 60s and um, jazz was very active in Paris, in, in, there were a lot of clubs, a lot of American musicians either living in France or in Europe or uh, passing through. And so I was exposed to jazz as, probably as much as uh, young New Yorkers in the 40s. And uh, I developed a, a passion for jazz and started to, to play jazz. I forgot to mention that I also learned clarinet as a third instrument when I was 11. So it's with that instrument that I started to play jazz.
Let me backtrack just a bit. You said you practiced five hours a day when you were 12. Do you look back and feel like you were kind of cheated out of your childhood? At the time I felt so, but now I feel it was worth the effort because I had a lot of fun later on in, in my life. You know, to become really a good classical violinist, that's what you have to do. You have to dedicate that many hours a day to the practice of the instrument. Now, I didn't really expect when I chose to become a musician uh, and a violinist that it would be that difficult. Uh, but my parents told me, in fact, it was kind of an argument because they weren't too crazy about seeing me going into a musical career. I think they were struggling financially as uh, music teachers in a small town in France, and they would have uh, rather seen me uh, study law or to become a doctor, you know. I had such, such a passion for music that I didn't want anything else, so I finally convinced them to let me go into a professional career. But once it was agreed, they say, you have to do it the right way. And the right way was to be locked in a room and uh, practice that many hours a day, so it was harder than I expected it to be. You went from being a strict classical musician and then you got into jazz. How did that transformation happen? You know, it was a bit by accident. While I was studying classical violin, uh, there was a, a jazz band, a school band from, from a school of engineers, nothing to do with music, but they had a, a dance band to play for parties like once or twice a month, Benny Goodman type maybe. And um, I didn't know anything about jazz, but I was playing clarinet and uh, to play at parties and meet girls sounded great to me. I must, I must confess that that was really my um, motivation to join a jazz band at first. And I didn't expect that that would let me uh, all the way to what I'm doing today because I took the, the music a lot more seriously than uh, I thought I would at first. acoustic violin to electric violin. When did that happen? Well, very quickly, because as soon as I started playing with jazz bands, I realized that the volume of my instrument uh, could hardly compete with the drum set and horns. So I very quickly uh, explored uh, amplification. And uh, as soon, basically a month or two after I started playing jazz on violin, I bought an amplifier and found a pickup, whatever I could find at the time, and there wasn't anything really uh, made especially for violin. So it was really amplification, it was out of necessity. Yeah, yeah. I think it was a guitar table pickup, a Diamond, an American pickup, and uh, just uh, laying on the table of the violin, it wasn't the best, but uh, yet that started me and uh, it gave me the, the volume. But at the same time, I heard a different sound and somehow I liked it because it, it allowed me to play uh, aggressive, which is how I wanted to play. I wanted to play with the same uh, intensity uh, and uh, aggressivity as a sax or trumpet player. And, and that amplification gave it to me. And also I realized that because of the quality of amplification that was available at the time, 
I could not really reproduce a real violin sound. So rather than try to do that, I went the other way and got the idea to just go with a totally new sound, work with the electric sound and make it a new instrument. I also realized that there were very, very few people using amplification with the violin at the time. And that was, it was a field completely open, that there was a lot to pioneer and discover. So that's what motivated me to, to go into it as well. Do you have to be careful when you play about muscular issues like tendinitis? Yes, you're right. You have to be careful. And I became conscious of uh, how I was using my muscles because at some, at some point I developed some neck problems and uh, some, some finger problems too. If you don't pay attention, when you play a lot in live shows where there is a lot of excitement and uh, if, you, if you start losing, uh, you know, not paying attention to, to your position, uh, then you can get into trouble. Tendonitis, yes, or neck problems with violin. I make sure I'm relaxed uh, and my position is correct when I play the instrument so that I can go as long as, uh, as I can. Thank you, Jean-Luc Ponty, for being here on this exclusive interview of Clear Vision. Thank you. It was really a pleasure talking with you. Coming up, let's see what's on the schedule. Oh, it's a great one. Next, we'll be talking with the grandmother of soul, the legendary one and only Patti LaBelle. Well, that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed this exclusive interview with Jean-Luc Ponte here on Clear Vision. If so, please subscribe so you can be notified of our upcoming content. Tell a friend and give us a five-star review. We're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. See you next time. Thank you.